Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Master Master Martek Masters. That's what this show is actually called. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Martek Masters. I'm here today with Mike Donnelly from Seven Cents. It's an honor to have you again, uh, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing. Uh, I'm actually doing pretty good today. How about yourself, Gabriel? Considering, right? Like now, considering yeah, right. is the word we use every day when someone says, "How are you doing?" It's great to uh, great to see you connect. We've been longtime friends, so thanks thanks for uh, having me back on. That's awesome. Same same here. It's a it's a pleasure to have you here. And also, you know, very very weird times, right? We're going through trying times, um, and people are having to adapt and pivot and change uh, their marketing strategies, their sales strategies. Uh, why don't you tell us first of all before we start and dig into email marketing strategies? Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit of who you are and what what does your company do? Yeah, so I'll, I'll just start off with a you know kind of quick uh, background on who I am, what I do. Um, so I started my career as a software engineer. Then I made the jump to the dark side of technology sales. Was in uh, tech, high tech sales, primarily in startups for a period of thirteen years. Um, and then me and another gentleman founded Seven Cents, just based off of you know a, a problem that I was having in my sales career. And I said, why, why am I spending mental energy on this when I can use the, the foundational data that just sits in my, in my email system uh, to, to, to solve this problem? And, and what, does that, what is that problem? What's the, what's the seven cents um, solve? Uh, what's the problem that it solves? Yeah. So if you think about um, like even, it, and it's just kind of like ever increasing our, our digital lives. Um, I liken it to, it's like, and I hate to use the, the term now, it's like walking down the middle of the street in Times Square. There's there's all of this stuff vying for your attention. And that's what our digital lives feel like. We're getting more and more text messages, more and more social notifications, more and more email, more and more ads coming at us. You know, we're getting still lots of phone calls. So there's, again, all of this stuff vying for our attention. Um, and there's no shortage of that coming from email. In fact, uh, the, the number of emails that we're all getting day in and day out is just exponentially increasing. Um, so that that's part of the problem that Seven Cents aims to solve. And the easiest way for like, if you think about, um, if, if I'm explaining it a little bit more in a marketer's viewpoint, um, why do you do uh, search engine optimization? It's to try and get you into the highest position within Google when somebody's actually doing a search. Therefore, whoever's in the highest positions is going to get the most attention. I'm not going to go to the third, fourth page of a search unless I find that those that first page is just not providing value. Um, the same thing holds true with email. What, what our system tries to do is get you into the highest position within somebody's inbox so that you get attention when they're sitting down to actually engage with their email. Um, so marketers take that approach um, to increase, you know, the engagement and attention that they get, uh, as well as salespeople, because salespeople are vying for people's attention against their competitors, et cetera. So it, it kind of just all melds together. And that's what our primary focus is, is or focus is, is around email. That's awesome. And you mentioned salespeople. Also, um, if you have time to engage with an email, you may have time to engage with a phone call, right? Yeah, absolutely. So when we first started the company, and we, and we have real data behind this, um, and they they happen to still be a, a very large and very good customer of ours. Um, it's a company called Kerasoft. They make anywhere from about sixty thousand to a hundred thousand phone calls every single business day. 
So they've got a huge inside sales uh, team. And we analyze all of their phone data to predict when people will answer their phones. And a couple of years ago, we did a big study to understand do our, our people's email, what we call top times, similar to when they will answer their phone. And there's a, there's a huge correlation between the two. That's great. That's great. So again, we're going through some tough times for a lot of companies and uh, marketers and salespeople are trying to adapt uh, to these different ways of doing marketing. There's messaging issues, there's tone issues, uh, but there's also a lot more email coming our way. Um, what are some of the changes that you're seeing in, in email trends and what are you seeing companies doing uh, and maybe how can 7Cents help uh, with that marketing strategy and that sales strategy on the email side of things? Yeah, so let's uh, let's first take a little bit of a of a step back to some trends that we were seeing that we've really been seeing over the past two years. Um, if you think about like four or five years ago, everybody was kind of like, "Hey, let's just pour a ton of money into social ads, PPC, um, and amass these massive databases, and then we'll just send gobs and gobs of email to them." And it's like whatever sticks in the email channel sticks, um, because we had kind of these. Un unlimited budgets to allow us to capture as much of the top of the funnel as we wanted. Um, so people, what was happening is a lot of companies were abandoning or viewing email as kind of like a free channel. Hey, we need more leads. Let's send more email. Hey, we need more of this. Let's send more email. Well, Google and Microsoft and corporate systems started saying, Hey, in order to protect our users, we have to make our spam systems far more robust, far smarter. And so they have literally been waging a war on spammers. And I'm not talking about your professional spammers that are trying to steal your credit card information. I'm talking about legitimate marketers that are sending lots of email that nobody's engaging with. Um, so they're becoming more or less the gatekeepers. Um, and it was, I, there's, the studies actually fluctuate. We don't actually have this data ourselves, but we rely on um, some of the industry, uh, you know, juggernauts in this space. Um, but only anywhere from about 78 to 82% of legitimate marketing email actually makes it anywhere close to the inbox. So that means on average, one out of every five people that you send an email to, it's in the, you know, it's in the spam folder or worse, it's quarantined altogether. And by quarantining, I mean, it doesn't even make it to the spam, to the spam folder. It just gets quarantined altogether. So you've got this kind of like physical barrier happening by the email providers. And a lot of people will tell you, well, I don't have a delivery problem. Uh, my marketing automation system says that 99.8% of my email got delivered. All that means is 99.8% of your email didn't bounce. It means it was sent to, for all intents and purposes, legitimate addresses, but that does not mean it made it anywhere close to the inbox. So again, we've got this physical barrier. Um, but what we're, the trend we're, we've actually been seeing over the past uh, nine to 12 months is people are kind of coming around and realizing how powerful and how important their email channel is. Um, and part of that being is like, hey, our engagement rates were just tanking. We weren't getting nearly what we could out of email. We got to stop treating this as a commodity channel because we're getting commodity-like results. So some organizations started investing more heavily in creating a more robust email channel. We're now seeing that, that with what's happening in the world today, we're seeing that actually accelerate and accelerate at a pretty, pretty fast rate. Um, we are seeing 
uh, depending on industry, huge volumes, uh, like a significant increase in uh, email volume. Um, and part of that being is, hey, we're not we're not doing trade shows anymore. We're not, you know, we're, our PPC ad and our ad budgets got just slashed. We got to deal with the database that we have. And again, we've amassed these massive databases over the last few years. Let's take advantage of them. Yeah. And that brings me back to the conversation that we've always had is owning versus renting your database, right? When you own your database, that means you have your an email address, a name, you know who they are, how they're engaging. Um, what you were talking about is all that spending on social media and pay-per-click that was trying to rent a, an audience, trying to engage with an audience that is not really yours. Uh, now people more than ever need to use that audience that they own. And now more than ever, is it's more important to actually secure that database and make sure that we don't hurt our domain authority so we can continue to engage with that database, right? So do you want to talk a little bit about domain authority and how, you know, we always get this question, hey, we have 20,000 people in our database. Why don't we send it to everybody, right? And and we're yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> right? And then, and then we're like, well, because these people are the ones that are actually engaging with this type of content and these other people are type, type of people that are engaging with this other type of content. Why don't we send these two emails to a thousand here and 3000 there? And they freak out the first impression. The first thing they say is like, but we're leaving 17,000 behind or 15,000 behind. And, um, how do you explain domain authority and, and the importance of only sending emails, at least your regular emails or emails that you send constantly to people that first of all are targeted with the right message, but also people that are engaging with your message. Right. So uh, I'll, I'll do, I'll get into that in a second. I've got a really good analogy for domain authority, but like to your point about like, Hey, let's send it to all 20,000 people in our database. Like, uh, what we're doing to, to to help with COVID-19 and those types of things. The past two weeks, I'm like, who who are these people? Like, why do they even have, right now is not the time to do a re-engagement campaign with your email list that you have not sent to. Because they're all getting, you know, the CEO, everybody else is sending what they're doing to support COVID-19. Like, we should do the same. It's like, no, 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 no. Because there are downstream effects of that. And those downstream effects are just like you said, which is, hey, these members or these subscribers may not even remember who we are. We, we should probably take a more intelligent approach. But what it can also do is affect our ability to reach the subscribers that actually want to hear from us. And the way that domain authority or uh, the easiest analogy I have is much like in our individual or our personal lives, we have what's called a credit score. And a credit score determines our credit worthiness and how much a bank is willing to lend to us or whether or not they're even willing to lend to us. And how do I get a bad, you know, from a high level, how do I get a decreasing or worse credit score is I stop, you know, hey, I pay my bills late. I don't pay them on time. I've, loaned, I've borrowed way too much money. You know, these bad things are strikes against you. Now, sure, there's all kinds of other things that go into it, but bad strikes against you. It's very similar to what a domain reputation or domain score is. Your domain, the7cents.com, xyz.com, if you have your authentication set up correctly, which is a different part of the conversation, but your domain has what's called either a domain score or a domain reputation. 
And that is what Google and Microsoft are building on you and even corporate systems are building on you to determine your credit worthiness, your inboxing worthiness. Is this email worthy of making it to the inbox? And these domain reputation and domain scores, they're nothing new, but they have absolutely evolved over, over time and especially in the past few years. Before it was, well, don't ever put certain keywords in your emails really? because that'll flag spam exactly. systems. Keywords really don't trigger spam systems anymore. The only one that I know of that potentially still does, and, and that's the other thing too, is these guys are not going to totally tell you what goes into their algorithms, but Yahoo still does a little bit of um, spammy keywords. Um, then they started relying on your IP reputation. What IP address is this coming from? So if you're using HubSpot or Marketo or one of the big guys, you are more or less in good graces. Now what they're doing is they're going all the way to the domain reputation, um, the xyz.com, the seven cents.com. And what, they're, what, what they do there is they rely on how much are people engaging and the emails coming from the seven cents.com. So if I have low open rates, low click rates, low reply rates, lots of spam complaints, lots of bounces, you know, all of those things. It's like me paying my bills late, me not paying my bills, borrowing a bunch of money. All of those things add up, but the number one thing is engagement. All of those things add up to determine what your domain reputation or domain score is gonna be, and also whether or not your inbox, um, you know, your credit worthy or worthy of making it to the inbox. Of course. and in all of that information is inside HubSpot if you're using HubSpot and you, Seven Cents is capturing all of that. Seven Cents is also capturing Gmail engagement, right? So if I have my Gmail connected to Seven Cents and I have my HubSpot connected to Seven Cents, all of that is connected in one place and Seven Cents is analyzing, okay, what is the engagement? And then is it allowing us to say, I'm gonna send this email to 3000 people, but John's gonna get it tomorrow at 3 p.m. You know, Mike's gonna get it saturday at 10 a.m and i'm gonna get it today because that's when we are most probable to actually engage with the message right yep so that's on the marketing side of things right and and we can do a lot of things with workflows and and automation to actually send messages at the at the most probable time what does salespeople what can salespeople get out of this um to use this data uh, i know this data isn't hapswood how, how do you recommend salespeople using also this data to engage on a regular basis. Yeah, so th that actually was we pivoted the company years ago, but I think we'll, we'll we'll continue to slowly shift back. But that was the the premise of when we founded Seven Cents was to build a tool for salespeople, because if you think about if you think about a, some of marketing's challenge, it's like how do I get these five thousand, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand people to engage, and so we help with that at a true level of individualization, personalization. But then when a lead makes its way to sales, that problem is actually amplified and it's amplified by an order of magnitude. Like I don't have a lead pool of 5,000, 15,000, 20,000 that I'm trying to engage and convert. I have Sarah, like I need to get Sarah to engage. How do I do that the most effectively? And part of that is, is you've got, you've already collected all of this data throughout the marketing process. When is Sarah opening emails? When is she clicking on emails? Uh, is she doing that on a mobile device? Is she doing that on a desktop? 
So before the lead even comes to you, you, you have a tremendous data set if it's analyzed and utilized correctly. Then if you use Google as your corporate email system, we can also tie into that to understand when is Sarah actually replying to my emails? Well, we take all these signals and then we build a profile on Sarah. And what that's looking for is by time of day, day of week, when do I have the highest probability of getting Sarah to engage with me? And then rather than, hey, it's convenient for me to write Sarah an email at 9 a.m. and I just write her an email at 9 a.m. and then I click send, Google built in has a delay send feature. You just look at, hey, it actually tells me to send it at 9 p.m. I'm going to send it at 9 p.m. And I'm going to increase the likelihood or probability of getting Sarah to engage. Now, I already know what the, I, I already know some of the things that salespeople will say is, hey, you know what? Sarah's really engaged with me. She replies to all of my emails. I don't have that problem, Mike, especially with my big customers. I kind of used to say the same thing. And, but where you do have a problem is what do we all want at the end of a quarter or the end of the month? We want two more selling days. We want four more selling days. That's what optimization brings you is what happens if I sent Sarah an email on Monday and she always responds to me, but she responds to me on Friday because Friday is when she actually goes through and cleans out kind of like goes through that cleansing process of her inbox. I just lost four days of my sales cycle where if I would have sent her the email Monday at 9 p.m., when the data is telling me that that is when she typically has interacted with me, I increase the likelihood or probability that she responds to me at 9 p.m. on Monday, and I just gained four days back. And you do those incremental changes slowly over time, and they add up to really, really big changes. And that's what optimization um, and really kind of any part of the sales and marketing process brings you. It's those little, small, minute things that you can be doing to increase your efficiency and increase your probabilities. Of course, of course. So again, in in these times, again, companies are sending more emails. Uh, so of course, send time optimization and optimizing your email efforts are, it, it's very important because you want to be there when people have the time to engage. But what other recommendations do you have uh, regarding email campaigns, do do we is it is this a good time to clean up a list? Is this a good time to do a reengagement? Probably not. But uh, let's talk about messaging. Let's talk about tone. What other recommendations do you have for email efforts today? So email efforts. I mean, now with you know, I, I like the term "slow down" to speed up. Now it's the time to slow down and. Um, focus on so there's a couple things that i that i've been recommending one is absolutely 100 now is the time to to really clean up your list um you know build a good foundation so that when you while you're slowing down when it's time to speed up i can speed up really really fast um so one clean clean up your list make sure you've got your your foundation with your domain reputation all of that in, in in good order start doing some basic segmentation segment based off of you know how active is this audience how inactive is this audience uh do some segmentation around that and i shouldn't say that now is not a good time to do a re-engagement campaign it might be a great time because there are more people that you know are in front of their computers more often you know potentially less meetings but the tone has to be right it's don't send me some generic email about what you're doing for covid 19 that 300 other brands have already sent to me. Um, the other thing from a messaging perspective is I, I, I have highly recommended to everybody that 
you go into any type of automation campaigns that you have and make sure that the tone is reflective of today's, um, you know, today's world. Um, and so, I mean, my biggest suggestion is really kind of uh, go through those segmentation exercises um, now and, and start building some process around it so that over time, you again, you just keep your domain reputation healthy. You are able to reach the people that actually want to hear from you. Um, yeah, it is painful to sometimes throw out leads, but, you know, I don't know. You can always you save them. them. Spreadsheet and, right. Yeah. You can always save them in a spreadsheet and, you know, come back to it later. And, and at the same time, you don't have to delete all your leads. You can put them on a don't send list or uh, set, take them out of engagement lists and, and keep trying. And maybe you change, maybe in the future you send a re-engagement campaign to those people to see how much they want to engage with you or what kind of content. That's the other thing is maybe we can ask people, what kind of content do you want from me and not assume, right, that they want this and this and that. Uh, of course, we have specialties and we know about software and video and this and that, and we want to educate the, the community on that. But this, like you said, Sarah might not want that piece of content. She might be super interested in how to set up a CRM. And, and then you can craft a message for her and all the people that want that specific message. So uh, learning and asking questions is also a great way to, to do that, right, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I mean, we just went through an effort um, where we were sending, we, we sent out a survey to a couple, let's say it was maybe like 150 people. We got um, over 50 responses. Um, open rate was like 90%, you know, so it, it, like, and we got some really good responses. And here was one of the best things. A, a prospect said, I mean, I've been meaning to reach out to you guys. Can we jump on a call? That day, he, uh, Ivan on our team closed the deal with him. That's awesome. Like it was, so it's like, yeah, ask those questions. Uh, don't make this about me, 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 me. Provide something to the community that the community really wants to, uh, that your community wants to hear. Exactly. So anything else you want to share, Mike? This is, this is your time, your place. Um, anything that you guys are doing, anything software related, uh, or anything about the times that we're going through? So one of the things that we're actually super excited about, and this has actually given us some time to really double down on uh, some, some product focuses, is we've been working now with HubSpot. Um, obviously, we've had a four-plus-year relationship with them, but for the past two years, we've been working with their um, workflows engineering team. And we are more or less going to be able to offer almost everything that seven cents does natively inside of HubSpot uh, here in the next uh, two months. So it should greatly simplify uh, things. And that's, that's a big focus of ours right now. That's great. That's great. Anything else, Mike? No, again, I'm so awesome to catch up and appreciate you. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Mike, for, uh, for your partnership. Seven cents have been an amazing partner for us as an agency and, and for all of our customers. Uh, we know that if we use seven cents, we can get better, uh, better engagement, better opening rates, better click through rates. And at the end of the day, like many of our case studies, uh, we get better conversions and, and closing rates. So um, seven cents has been instrumental for the success of our customers. And we thank you for that partnership. That's awesome. And yeah, we, likewise, we greatly appreciate and can't thank you enough for your partnership either. So, 
Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Have a good one. All right. Take care. This episode of MarTech Masters was produced and edited by Nextiny Marketing. To watch the series, visit our website at nextinymarketing.com. Subscribe to our channel to keep up to date with the latest news from our friends and MarTech Masters.